How do you create a great marriage? With words. How do you destroy a marriage? With words. How do you raise great children? With words. How do you destroy children? With words. How do you build a business? With words. How do you destroy one? With words. How do you build a government? With words. How do you destroy one? With words. How do you build your own self-esteem? With words. Everything around us is created by the things we are saying and hearing all day long. Do you realize that if you can change your words, that you can change your life? If you and I would just learn to speak differently everything in our life we start lining up differently our relationships would look different our self-esteem would look different uh, everything about us our health would be different our minds would be different everything around us would be different if we could just learn to speak better speak the right words so God says let there be light and then there was light now when God said that Go to the next screen. I want to show you this is the first thing he said. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So I was preaching on this back at Twin Rivers, and I was talking about how, you, I wasn't actually talking about this verse at the time, but I was talking about the smallest component of matter and how God is everywhere, the DNA of God. And I happen to say, from what I learned in high school a long time ago, I happen to say, um, um, you know, the smallest component of, of matter is the, is the proton and the neutron, right? So everybody knows when you split an atom, that's all that's there, right? That's, that's what I thought. And I had some high school students come up to me, kind of with the chicken head and their hand on their hip, giving me one of these I know something you don't know looks. And they said, Pastor B., they said, uh, there's, I have a problem with your sermon. What's that? He said, well, it's been a while since you've been in, in school, right? And I said, well, thanks for reminding me. But yes, it has. And they said, well, that's not the smallest component of Adam. Uh, of, that's not the smallest component of matter. They said, do you realize that they now have telescopes that they can look 1,000 layers into an atom? Now, well, I was only looking two layers because that's all they'd ever told me about. They said, they can now look 1,000 layers into an atom. I said, what's on the bottom? They said, the quark. I said, what's a quark? One of them, I'll never forget these young ladies. She just gave me one of those little smart aleck remarks. She said, well, in layman's terms. I said, yes, give it to me straight. In layman's terms. It is a strand of light wrapped up in a sound wave. I said, say that again. They said, the smallest component of matter is a strand of light wrapped up in a sound wave because sound waves never dissipate. They never dissipate. If you say something, it's there forever. It never dissipates. I said, wait a minute. And then I did one of these right there in front of them. And they said, why are you doing your war dance, Pastor? I said, because you're telling me that science just proved the very first words of the Bible that God said, let there be light. And that one command literally created every single thing in the universe. God spoke one 
phrase and everything, every component of matter was created from that one spoken phrase, let there be light. Do you realize that when you speak, something happens? You know, I had some of the greatest encouragers of my life that while I was passionate to endeavors, I had a, a group of elders around me and, and a couple of their wives and a couple of armor bearers. And men, I tell you what, these guys, they every, every Sunday, that's the best I've ever heard. Every, I mean, I, every funeral, oh, I've never heard a funeral like that. These guys made me think I could walk on water. And I knew I wasn't nearly as good as they thought I was. But they made me want to get better. They encouraged me and strengthened me and built me up. There was only It wasn't all of them because, believe me, the devil had his crowd out there too. It was just a handful that spoke such life into me because something happens when you begin to speak a blessing over somebody's life first of all when they hear it they start walking toward it if you tell someone wow I like that dress I promise you you'll see that dress again if you tell someone, oh, I like your hair that way. Oh, you do? Well, you know, I didn't, it was nothing. You know, or what a nice outfit. Oh, it's just a little old thing I picked up down at the dollar store. You know how they just kind of blow it off? But on the inside, they're putting on their invisible crown. And they're walking around, you know, because they're feeling good. It's amazing what can happen when you just begin to pronounce a blessing. When you say something to someone, it changes them. When the... When the, when the kingdom of God begins to speak what God said, that is when the weak say, I am strong. That is when the poor say, I am rich. That is when we call those things that are not as though they were. It doesn't matter that your son is underneath a bridge drunk tonight. When you speak over him, you say, I see you in the choir. I see you with a Bible in your hand. I declare the blessings of God are going before you. Angels got up with you this morning. I don't care if you were drunk and you don't remember it. They got up. They walked with you. Wherever you go, they're there. You may not understand this, but everywhere you go, you're going to run into somebody in the kingdom. You're going to sit by them on a plane. You're going to sit by them in a restaurant. Wherever you go, you will run into God's children because you are blessed. You have been dedicated. You have been anointed. You have been set apart and maybe it looks like you've lost your way but I'm not saying that I'm going to call those things that are not as though they were until I call you back home hallelujah, hallelujah when we begin to speak a blessing things begin to change not only that when you speak a blessing your authority is honored by the Lord I don't understand how this works except for the fact that God gave us dominion. We didn't give it to ourselves. God said, I'm giving you dominion. So when you say, you, can, you have two choices. Now look, how, look what the Bible does. You can say, Lord, will you heal this person? That's a prayer. But how many times in the Bible and how many men and women of God have you heard say it this way? Be healed in the name of Jesus. That's different. That's not a prayer. That's a blessing. 
How many times have you heard somebody say, Lord, there needs to be peace in this house. We can't sleep in this house at night. We're having nightmares, and we're tossing, and we're turning, and there's no peace. Lord, will you just help us and send us peace? You can do it that way, or you can get out the Wesson oil, and you can slap it on every doorpost and stand in the front door of your house and dare the devil to come in and say what Joshua said. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and I I serve you an eviction notice. You have to leave in Jesus' name by the authority of him who has established me. There's a difference in asking and speaking. When you speak something, God honors the dominion that is in your life. He honors the authority that is in your life. When is the last time you laid hands upon someone and just said, I bless you? Listen, I, I, I pastored 27 years at Twin Rivers in a Catholic town, a million Catholics in St. Louis, a million. I, had, I grew up in the South my whole life. I, didn't ever, I don't even know if I met a Catholic. I thought after I moved there, the reason I never met a Catholic in the South is because they all lived in St. Louis because there was a million. Every corner there's a big Catholic church. I've watched Catholic people stand in a line all the way out to the street just to get a drop of holy water on them. Because the priest just doing this, and if they get a drop of holy water, they're going to strut all week long. I know Christians that won't even carry a Bible, and I can show you Catholics that will put a big ash dot in the middle of their forehead and go to, they'll go to a Cracker Barrel right after that with the dot on their head because they feel like they're blessed. Why don't we tap in to what God has called us to be and start walking in confidence again and start walking in blessings again because we're blessed. You see, when you speak a blessing, your words begin to create. That's why Proverbs 18 and 20 says the power of life and death is in the tongue. God has given you not the same creative power where he was creating the world, but God has given you a co-creative power to create the world that you live in by speaking it into existence. That is the reason we have been given power of speech and the animal kingdom was not given the power of speech. That is the reason we can articulate. That is the reason that we're made in the image of the, uh, uh, of the Trinity that with a body, a soul, and a spirit. That is the reason we have been given choice. That is the reason that as the people of God, we've been given discernment. We've been given gifts to operate in the kingdom of God because God knows that we have the ability to call those things that are not as though they were and they will become when we speak it. So we have the power to create those things around us. I want you to go to the next screen. I ask you what was the first thing that God said. So now I want to ask you what is the last thing that Jesus did. So when Jesus is on this earth, we know he says, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He says that in Luke. We, we know that. We also know that he said, go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He gave us the great commission. We also know that he did that. But none of that is the last thing he did. When he ascended, listen to what was going on. And he led them as far out as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands, and he blessed them. Now it came to pass, while he blessed them, that he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. The very last thing, Jesus was blessing them when he went up in the cloud. Now this is how he blessed them, according to the Bible. This is what he did. He does this. I don't know if you can do that. 
what he did. Is you're making the Hebrew letter Shin, which stands for the word Shaddai, which means omnipotent God. It means all-powerful God. When you make the Shin, it means God can do anything. That's what the shin, that's how the high priest blessed them. The high priest would walk out and say this. May the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up. He wasn't asking God to do any of that. He said, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. He was pronouncing that blessing. So Jesus, we don't know if that's the blessing he was pronouncing, but we know he lifted up his hands, letting us know that as the high priest of heaven, he was given the sign of an omnipotent, all-powerful God, and he was saying to them, I don't know if it was the Lord blessing keep you, or from this day forward, you will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. From this day forward, you will be the head and not the tail. From this day forward, you will be above and not beneath. From this day forward, you will be blessed going in and coming out. From this day forward, you will never blend. You will have the favor of God upon your life. You will wear the coat of many colors so that as the Father's chosen one, you will never blend in any crowd. You will always, blessings will come looking for you. Goodness and mercy are going to follow you all the days of your life. I don't know what he said, but he raised his hand in the authority of an omnipotent God and he blessed them. I just want to say thank you to all of our ministry partners who help us take the gospel around the world and train pastors and leaders around the world. Because of you, we have been able to do so much for the kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. I was able to train over 5,000 church planters just in the country of India alone. We've worked all through Africa as well as Europe. Uh, Every year I go to Romania and train pastors and we've trained hundreds of pastors there in in Romania. We've graduated over 3,000 pastors from programs, certificate programs, just in Central America. Uh, our teams and our, the young men and women that I've taken on the field with me, numerous uh, young ministers who I just want to give them experience and, and uh, help them to get their feet wet in ministry. We have gone around the world spreading the gospel and none of this is possible without you. I just want to say thank you for your continued support, whether it's a one-time donation of any size or whether it is a a monthly donation that you've decided to partner with us uh, monthly. I just want to say thank you for that. And for those of you that are looking for ways to give to this ministry, because it is a good seed to sow in and we're doing things around the world, here's a screen that would tell you some easy ways that you can give to this ministry. But once again, I just say thank you from the bottom of my heart and from all of those lives that you are changing. It is my honor to be your ambassador to the world. God is looking for his children to start blessing people again. Go to this next screen. I want to show you something about this. 
now, now look at this. I don't want to read all of this. This is a whole sermon right here, and I can't preach it. I want you to see the last line that I have underlined. This is Psalm 133 about unity and what happens when you have unity. And this It's a whole progression of anointed mouth. Notice the first place it mentions the oil right here. Now, you can go home and preach that if you want to. The first place it mentions the anointing is here on the beard. It means the anointing first comes out of the mouth. It has to be spoken before it falls down to the ground. Then he says, there the Lord commanded the blessing life evermore. Now, what do you think that looks like? A commanded blessing. It's not the only time God said that. God said, he said in Deuteronomy 28, I will command blessings on your storehouse. So what does that look like? A commanded blessing? I think, it, I think it's, there's some type, some type of supernatural alignment that happens when you get a commanded blessing. If the Lord says, Bishop Al Bristow, you will be blessed from this day forward. Blessings will come knocking at your door. If the Lord says that over Bishop Bristow, you know what's going to happen? Angels are going to line up. They are going to stand to fulfill the command. The commanded blessing means that the authority of the throne has sent, issued a command, and now the angels line up to bring it to pass. How many angels, Mike, does it take for God to bless us? Who did he have to push this way and push this way? What did he have to stop? What did he have to kick out of your life? You see through a glass darkly. You don't even know the battle, half the battles you've been in because heaven's record will bear it. When you get to heaven, he said, Satan wanted you to die this day, but you were singing the songs of Zion. You didn't even know about the battle because you saw through the glass darkly because the angels got there before you did. They fought the battle before you ever showed up you just thought you were driving down a country road enjoying the scenery but it's because God's assignment was upon your life that was commanded blessing that says whatever he touches I want you to bless it whatever he touches I want you to increase it wherever he goes I want you to bless him whatever he talks to I don't care what comes out of his mouth when he says it I want you to bring it to pass if it's true if it's righteous if it's just if it's godly whatever he says bring it to pass there is when God sends a commanded blessing elements now I just did a course on angels fascinating study I found, I found out there's not one mention of an angel with a halo right not one mention but we always put one on their head you're the only I, I don't want to digress but if you'll give me just a second you're the only people that wear halos in heaven are pastors only ones the shepherd's crown. Crown of glory is mentioned one time. Glory is Shekinah. It's the glory of God. It's like God takes a little piece of his own skin and just wraps it around the top of your head. It's the only crown that you can't take off. First Peter talks about it. Shepherd the flock of God that is under your care. And if you do so, you will receive the crown of glory. So anybody that's taking care of God's people. Maybe, maybe your title is not pastor. But if you look after the flock of God... See, other crowns, there's only five crowns mentioned in heaven anyway. And you can take those off and cast them at his feet, but not this one. You can't take this one off. 
It's the only crown that you can never take off. It is a symbol that on this earth you carried, you cared for the flock of God. It is the crown of glory that is over your head. It's a mark of authority. It's a mark of honor all through eternity. Wherever you go, you will wear that crown. Well, I want to preach on that now, but I can't. But when you talk about angels, I was thinking about the army of the Lord. And I was thinking that, you know, God, when God calls for an army, he seldom calls for an army, an angel army. Have you noticed that? When God calls for an army to destroy, he seldom calls for angels. He calls for earthquake, fire, wind, water, ground to open up and swallow core and all of their gang. He commands the elements. When God decides to destroy the battlefield of Armageddon, you know how he does it? Jesus strikes the armies of Armageddon with the sword of his mouth. Not one spear is thrown. He just speaks. And the armies are destroyed because the elements consume in his command. If God sends whirlwinds and lightning to do his bidding, if God sends the storehouse of snow and flooding to do his bidding, if God brings kings to their knees by letting one river overflow and destroy their army like he did in the Old Testament, if God brings kings to their knees by just burning down one forest and now they have nothing to build upon, think about how God commands your blessing. He doesn't need 10,000 angels to follow you around. God says, whatever he touches, every quark, every quark, you understand what I'm saying? Every single strand of light wrapped in a sound wave starts lining up in your direction. Every single quark, when it comes from God, I command you to bless whatever his hand touches. I command you to bless this house and bless this church. And everywhere they go, they will be blessed.